1: Welcome to Is This Good, the show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big, wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me, as always, is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello! Hi, JD, and today's guest is a true legend in the talking about sports on the internet game. You've read him on the trend-setting Every Day Should Be Saturday, Banner Society, and Channel Six, and you've heard him on ESPN, the Dan Lebitard Show, The Right Time with Bomani Jones, and of course, the world's only college football podcast, Shut Down Full Cast. He's a forty-four point four percent dead ringer for Fred Durst. It's Spencer Hall. Spencer, welcome to Is This Good.
0: Uh, Thank you. It's my pleasure. I've never gotten an intro like that, and
1: um, I'll take it every time. (laughs) Okay, well, keep coming back. I will have to keep rewriting it, though. can't use the same one. Um, Just before we came on, I was on Twitter, and I saw Jay Skeets, uh, who we used to work with, who I I believe you know from the Talking Mm -hmm. About Sports on the Internet game, and he was saying that it was 18 years to the day that JD and Skeets and Tass started the Basketball Jones, which then became the starters and then now currently no dunks. And it kind of made me think, so 18 years, you must have been at it about as long as that? Am I wrong? Um. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm coming
0: up on, this is year 19.
2: Okay. Year
0: 19 of this, which now that I've said it out loud, <laughs> I am slowly turning to ash.
2: <laughs> I know well, the feeling, Spencer, believe me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> When you started, I assume there was no way that you could have predicted any of the twists and turns uh, of where you'd be right now with it. Like, for instance, did you ever think you would uh, anyone would ever see your face or hear your voice? No, no, no to both of those. And
0: honestly, don't know if those were if either of those I, I think the voice ended up being a good thing because it led to the full cast, and that's been very fun. Uh, the face, I don't know if anyone needed that, and I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get paid for that, and I don't know why. It's kind
1: of a failing of capitalism that I receive money to appear in person for things. Uh, what, what phase of like sports internet do you think we're at now? Because obviously, you were a, a, a genuine, true pioneer in the sports blogging thing, and then those blogs got aggregated into one or one of various sites. Then, I don't know, what did we do? We pivoted to video for a while, then we started podcasts, then all those blogs dissolved. Where are we at now? Um, I think
0: we're at a place now where you have a lot of people who are kind of existing on their own successful islands, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. I think that the way things are set up now, people... I think it's good if you're established because you can go ahead and rely on, you know, your own small amount of gravity to really float and see how things are going to work for you and you can probably make a living doing it I think it's probably and this is always true, I think it's probably harder the other way, I think if you're on the come up um, it's difficult, I think that's extremely difficult um, but it's, it's always hard and it might be a little easier um, now that you have, you know, your various sort of like Patreons, your, you know, Substack, uh, Ghost a great platform that I highly endorse it's what Channel 6 is run on um, you know, if for anyone is doing it, just diversify, baby. Don't don't rely on one thing. Mm-hmm. Don't. Because chances are a twitch of an algorithm or the whim of a billionaire can cancel it overnight.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, I'm thinking we've <laughs> all been there. Uh, I know you have a hard out, Spencer. So let's do some quick housekeeping and then get into the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, go to Patreon. Hey, patreon.com slash is this good. Uh, You'll get ad-free episodes and our Discord and an exclusive episode every month. And, of course, you could send topics for future shows to isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. So, Spencer, the premise of this show is simple. I'm going to give you a topic, and you tell me if it's good. And because sometimes guests do get confused, um, you can also tell me why you think it's good or not good. Um, Here we go. First topic. Chris asks, giant mascots slash TV film characters at kids' birthday parties. Is this good? So, Chris writes in. As a side hustle, I recently worked for a service where I dress up as different characters for kids' birthday parties. While I really enjoy it, I have noticed a great difference in the way I'm received. Some kids gravitate to these larger-than-life representations of their heroes or mascots, while others scream and cry in horror that might permanently scar them. Even adults seem split on the concept of having a stranger come to a family party dressed as Mickey Mouse. I've made some very good under-the-counter income throughout the summer during peak party season, but I do not think that I would ever hire a character for my child's birthday party after seeing the other side of the mascot. So I ask you, are birthday party characters and mascots good? That's Christopher from Pennsylvania. First of all, Christopher, we are immediately reporting you to the IRS. This is a (laughs) pro-tax podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need that money for roads, you know? Uh, So Spencer, what do you think? Uh, I know you, I'm pretty sure you have kids. So have you ever Mm -hmm. hired any of these mascots for their birthday parties? No, I think both of
0: mine would be horrified by that. I would have been horrified by that even at a very young age. I think they're a net good because they don't hurt anybody and that's what kids want. And that's fine. Also, I'm a fan of anything that creates side hustles for the kind of people who would end up in mascot outfits and uniforms. So I am a fan. Additionally, if somebody's on the fence as to whether I'm right about this. You occasionally get videos of these people doing very elaborate dances on various social media platforms, uh, often to songs completely inappropriate for a children's birthday party. I love those. I would like to keep them coming. So I will say net good.
1: Yeah, there, there is like a famous video of a parade. I forget what parade it is. And someone's like dressed as Pikachu and twerking. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's a yeah. great one. I I think one distinction maybe is because this person's saying characters and mascots, but Like, a character could be, like, you have to go as Captain Jack Sparrow or something. In -hmm. which case, I feel like you have to talk like him and act like him. Whereas if you are Sonic the Hedgehog, all you have to do is be, uh, you know, a giant Sonic the Hedgehog. Maybe you have to run fast? I I don't know. I don't know what kids are are expecting these (laughs) days. Uh, But do you think that, like, a character is inherently creepier than a mascot or the reverse?
0: I think a character is much creepier than the mascot because ultimately you know that's a dude or a lady you know that's not you know that's not the person it's a little bit like the mall santa after about 29 seconds at the 30th second the child realizes this is just a guy named fred <laughs> and i'm sitting in his lap and that That's a little weird. They don't, you know, initially, young child, the wonder is there. They're ready. They're part of it. Even if they are past the Santa threshold, they know that this is part of the right ritual. But at the 30 second mark, they go, who is this guy? So I think that, and if you're at birthday party, you have to sit with that even longer. Pretty soon. That's just the guy named Fred in your kitchen who happens to be dressed (laughs) like a pirate. So I think, you know, X plus whatever your variable on horizon of childlike <laughs> expectation divided by suspension of disbelief equals massive discomfort
1: that's true and you make, bring up a good point that if you're the parent and you have to deal with the captain jack sparrow and have to ask like oh hey do you want anything to drink some grog i don't know what you guys call it you know and that. or or it's more horrifying if if he's go like talking in that accent to the kids and then turns around and he's like, uh, "Hey man, where's your pisser?" You know.
0: Yeah, mm. it's um, uh, yeah. Or worse, he asks for someone's phone number at the party. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's gonna yeah. happen.
2: I mean, if Captain Jack is a terrible example because that's one of the better ones. It's easy to be Captain Jack. You show up, you stink of rum, you know, you hit on people. <laughs> there's nothing to it. It's the superhero types, those are the worst. You know, like when Spider Man shows up, he's basically got a couple of moves like the Spider Man squat, maybe, (laughs) maybe like a flip or two, you know, but he's not clinging to walls. He's not web slinging back and forth. So you're exactly right, Spencer. The kids know within 29 seconds this isn't Spider Man. This isn't Peter Parker. This isn't Miles Morales. It's just some dude in a skin tight leotard hanging around my house for three hours uh
0: i do appreciate miles morales though for a lot of reasons one he doubled the job market for spider market ma- spider-man mascots that's true like plausibly speaking you know if the mask comes off i'm like that's employing twice the number of actors diversifying the overall <laughs> spider-man right. pool i am 100 percent in favor of this i think that's progress
2: you're better what? off if miles shows up as miles not as yeah. spider-man you know what i mean <laughs> like, that's right. Right, and he keeps
1: making excuses for like when they're like do the do the thing, and he's like, no, you have to help keep my identity a secret. See, yeah. I
0: think the kid who wants kingpin at the party—that's the kid I want to vibe with. The one who's like, no, I need a big, slabby, bald man who's just bent on dominating everything in range, and also does a lot of deadlifts. See, that's like, like I think you know, with six months prep, I could probably make some money on the circuit as kingpin. Mm. I have to shave a lot.
2: <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs>
1: see, that's the thing. Being a mascot is not easy. I mean, as a college football person, you've been around many mascots, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. We've been around many NBA mascots, especially Benny the Bull. The old Benny the Bull, not the new yeah. Benny the Bull. Uh, the OG. And, like, I've se- like, I have a friend who was like, oh, for my kid's party, I-, I got this inflatable T-Rex costume, and then at a certain point, when they're eating cake, like, I'll go change into it, and then I'll run after the kids. And he's in pretty good shape. And he was... He was gassed. It's it's not. People just think all this involves is putting on the costume, and then people will say like, "Wow, this is so cool." It's just not as easy as people think it is. So, no, um, I
0: did I did an entire feature story on the uh, the Duck Oregon's mascot. Yeah. Okay. And um, I will tell you, more than a job,
1: a lifestyle. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny that they're also saying like, "Oh, parents are a little creeped up by this," but our mascots not just the kid version of adults having like a fire swallower or a juggler or a belly dancer at their party
0: can i can i be very honest here i am of a particular ilk of person who finds one the notion of parties um already uncomfortable (laughs) i enjoy them but i'll fully admit there is some discomfort there but i do not understand people who believe in providing entertainment Mm-hmm. Into, like, with a capital E, right? I don't mm. understand people who go on cruises and say, you know what would make this cruise a lot better? Not the side of the majestic ocean, but a <laughs> cabaret production of Starlight Express. <laughs> I hate these people. I don't want to be near them. I don't understand somebody who says, you know what would make this party better? A juggler. No one <laughs> since the 1840s has said that maybe actually like the 840s that's medieval (laughs) level entertainment i don't understand somebody who says i would like things to be more like a like a circus (laughs) nobody enjoyed circuses there's a
1: reason they're banned all right in a lot of countries what reaction are people looking for even because the only reaction you can have to walking into a party and there's a fire swallower and a and a juggler is going Mm -hmm. wow crazy But you're not saying it's crazy because someone's uh, swallowing a sword. You're saying it's crazy that someone paid for this to happen.
0: It's it's insane that you, Carol, John, whomever, right? It's insane that you thought this was a great idea. (laughs) That what I would want to see when I get drunk— in a comfortable environment and want to talk to people that maybe I know, maybe I don't. There's going to be a good solid mix. I'm going to have a tether to familiarity either way. That The thing you wanted, you thought I would want to see would be that. By the way, that carries to like more mundane things. It doesn't have to be a sword swaller. If you're the kind of person who says, you know, I've, I went to brunch and I thought it was good, but I really want somebody playing some shitty jazz. <laughs> I would love it if somebody planted some shitty jazz in the middle of my kind of middling eggs benedict yeah. it's it's the stupidest it to me it is the person who does not understand the experience that they're at and just wants as many different things at once because they are so deprived right like I think this is like the old I think this is a cat skills phenomenon where you go well hey Right In the 1950s, what was Bob doing? Bob was working in a pressure cooker somewhere in Manhattan, and he went in on the train. His entire day was one long gray stain of cigarettes, meetings with horrible <laughs> Ivy Leaguers he would never be promoted above, and office drones. And then for two weeks a year, he got loose, and he had to cram in as many sensory experiences as he possibly could right so what would be better broadway plus a vacation plus a buffet hell what if we put all of those on a boat (laughs) to hell with that i'm not living any of that i don't want any part of that nightmare and yet you're putting it in my face more does not equal better
1: (laughs) okay a warning to all roving close-up magicians out there if you see spencer in a bar don't go (laughs) ply your trade there he doesn't he's not going to be fascinated that the ace of spades came out of his back pocket Nope. Just leave if them you're alone. a
0: fortune teller, you better, I want to hear, if, I, if I'm at a party and there's a fortune teller, I only want to hear one thing. When I'm going to die and how. That's it. If you mm, they can tell always me only tell things, you one. Yeah, no, if you could tell me one, no. No dice. <laughs> I need both of them. And they better be awesome.
1: Don't come here and be
0: like, oh, embolism when you're 58. No, don't do that. I want you to be like, you know, shot 23 times. Right? In a violent firefight. With Narcos, somewhere <laughs> north of Tamaulipus. That's what I want.
1: Shot 23 times out of a cannon, just yes. out of one into another. Out of one into another.
0: Hey, do, you want, do you want this tip? I will tip you $100 if you tell me that. That is to all fortune tellers who attend parties. I will do that.
1: Right. Uh, well, Spencer, we poll our audience before the show, and 51% of people said birthday party characters and mascots are not good. Mm. So... A razor's edge clearly okay. a divisive topic I respect the people um, all right next topic so uh, as you may know the Coachella lineup uh, dropped recently so Ben H asks music festivals are they good and I have a feeling that I might be in the awkward position of having to defend music festivals based on how that first uh, question went but Spencer <laughs> what do you think mm-hmm. okay well but that's music
0: we're saying within we're not muddling things too much you know, I would not be so doctrinaire. I don't have... don't. Shouts out to anyone who's got a personality disorder, like a diagnosed one, like I respect you endlessly, okay? But there's one I don't, and I'm just going to go ahead and out this prejudice. If you're like one of these people who's really into punk, right? There's this particular kind of person who's really into punk music who would go to that festival, and they would see like one band who was a hair out of their comfort zone and go, no, no, they do not belong at this show. <laughs> so it's just like the person who's like, that is not gent. I came to this metal festival to only hear gent." Like that person, I will kick you into a canyon. I do not. No, I, we're not at the same parties. We will not be at the same party because you have ridiculous standards on a party. I know. It's ironic given what I just said about <laughs> parties. Okay. I'll stay at that party and hate it. That person would abhor the existence of that party, period. Okay. It's two different things. So I like music festivals, but I will say this. I have had people and I'm in I'm in my late 40s. I've had people who, when presented with certain opportunities like music festivals or camping or travel, who come to me and will say, I am too old to poop outdoors. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a respect. You have to respect that. I think that is, if if that's your line and you don't want to be dirty and you don't want to be out there with the kids, I completely understand i'm willing to undergo a little discomfort especially for a band that i think i might not be able to see again or this might be my only chance to see them so i'm going to speak favorably of music festivals especially because i think at a place like coachella you can expose people who otherwise have a pretty narrow palette of music to new stuff and i'm not saying that like oh i know better Like, oh, I'm so enlightened. I already knew that band. No, I didn't. I like the opportunity, especially as an older person who, you know, for one reason or another, tend to root in the same piles over and over again. I like being exposed to new things. I like seeing a band and going, wow. Especially because bands, you may have hit a nerve here because I do have thoughts. Um, (laughs) Especially because I think there are bands that never sound the same live as they do on record, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Like bands that like the record doesn't capture what they sound like. That's true for like 60% to 70% of country
1: artists, by the way.
0: Like I'm not a massive And so you're saying this
1: in a good way or a bad way? Like they sound better live? No, no, I mean
0: live, live, they come alive. Like live, they. Like Peter Frampton. Correct, they do. (laughs) Um, Live is an entirely different thing for some bands. So I think it's important to see that, right? Like TV on the radio, um, like old Brooklyn band, right? Uh, TV on the radio, on record, they're good. Like that's a pleasant experience. I enjoy that live they're volcanic they sound entirely different so yeah i'm in favor of them I'm, I'm i'm outright in favor you can say they're too expensive i'd agree you can say they're inconvenient 100 sometimes inconvenience is the price you pay for pleasure
1: so but are you willing to do one where you go like it's a multiple day thing and you have to camp like I, first of all i've never done one of those i've done Me like a shaky knees multiple days but you go home they let you out in between which is very kind of them
0: yeah i've camped for less i'll say that um, I don't know about a multi-day one, and that's just because I have adult obligations that would make that very difficult, and I would need to see a band the, on day three and on day two and on day one, right? I would, it would have to be if it was a multi-day thing like that. Fortunately, I make just enough money now where I might be able to get a frou-frou tent. I might be able to get the fancy <laughs> tent, right, if I split it with a couple of people. We could probably do that.
1: What is a fancy tent these days? Is it like one of those ones in um, Michael Crichton's Congo where they just throw it and then it goes <laughs> and opens as it's in the air?
0: That would be really cool, especially for a vanilla ape like myself. But no, I think they are more the glamping varieties that you see, right? So like fancy canvas, like 12 foot, 15 foot ceilings, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a rich person's safari tent. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. And they will cost you Um, Coachella a lot. (laughs) Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's
1: definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. JD, what about you? What's your music festival experience? Did you Uh, ever... I know you lived in the UK uh, any Glastonbury, yeah. put-on-your-wellies, trek-through-the-mud experience? Do you uh, did, not did Glastonbury? Glastonbury? I,
2: no, I went to Reading, the Reading Festival, Okay, which was, which was fun. Uh, it was good. Um, very muddy. I only w- uh, I stayed for one night. Didn't have a tent. I just basically stayed up all night. It was during the rave era, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think. So there was raves think, happening. No, that's, that's
0: exactly the way that should come out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, and the only other festival I went to was a, pl- was a festival called blue skies and it was like in the Ottawa Valley in Canada. And I was only there because we were playing at it and, oh, and it was, it was actual, like and it's very small and, and kind of like this was a real hippie dippy, like everyone on mushrooms, um, kind of a nightmare to be honest. Like I just remember feeling dehydrated the entire time you know, uh, definitely hungover, drunk, all that stuff, um, and then I had to play as well, which was not great. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not. When I see like Coachella, and when I see like, you know, all these bands, like, and now Spencer, I'm, you, I'm older than you, so like uh, half the time I'm like, I don't even recognize the headliners, let alone the small print <laughs> ones. Yeah.
0: So, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? By the way, like I'm generally like great. Yeah. Great. Like I'm. I'm like cool. I, I have, no expectations, and that's generally where really good times start. Is that if I have no idea what I'm about to see.
2: Same. And same, except that if I'm sitting there watching a new band for the first time, that's that's fun and everything. But I can't do it for three days straight. Like I can't just be like, no, your oh, brain will okay. get full, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I remember I saw, I saw Flo Rida for the first time. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I loved it. And then. Pitbull came on and I loved Pitbull too. I never heard of either of them. We we all love Pitbull. Yeah, Wait, Pitbull.
1: hold on. Was this at the thing where I that I saw yeah, Florida with you? Yeah, Pitbull that. was there?
2: Pitbull was the headliner. Flowrida opened. Oh, Flo- this was at Charles Barkley's 50th birthday party, House of Perfect. Blues in Houston. And we were there by mistake basically. <laughs> and uh yeah, and it was great. Spencer, like I like I was like, "Who is this Florida guy?" It's like no, no, no. It's Florida, JD. It's Florida. <laughs> and ironically, Pitbull is from
1: Florida, so it's very confusing.
2: It was a little confusing, yeah. but it was just like, God damn, these guys are awesome. And so, but, yeah. you know,
1: the, the craziest part is that after that, JD's band had to go on. So, <laughs>
0: <Fantastic>. <laughs> you want to go on when everybody's so drunk it doesn't
1: matter. Uh, exactly right. Kenny Smith was furious at JD's <laughs> pop punk stylings. <laughs> Didn't care for it at all. Yeah. Um anyways i think it is an um an easy thing to hate or i feel like people on the internet talk about hating music festivals i mean i suppose that a lot of people love it but it seems like something that should be amazing you're seeing all your favorite bands in one place and it's outdoors and the weather's nice and you're day drinking and all your friends are there
0: yeah you know why people on the internet hate music festivals because it requires in real life skills (laughs) that's it It (laughs) and it also requires you to not have an opinion on things if you're at a music festival and a band comes on and it ain't working leave you can come back you have a badge that's what it's for like if you actually acted on the internet like or in real life like you do on the internet you would stay there for the entire show and go this sucks like that's it you're not gonna do that just go it's a waste of your time hydrate
1: Well, that's exactly the thing is that the last festival I went to was like the old millennial person just like Heaven Festival in LA where they have like Mm -hmm. your Franz Ferdinand's, your Wolf Parade's, uh, your Yeah Yeah, yeah, As bands like that. And I liked most of the bands on the bill, but what I was surprised at is that most of the time you are not standing in front looking at the stage because you just can't do it for, you know, eight hours a day. What is it, my fucking job? So you are just sort of sitting on the grass as the shins are playing somewhere over there. Mm. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's the new slang. That's great. But you're just having a beer and hanging out. So it doesn't have to be like the most intentional thing where you're just standing there the entire time. Right. Um, but let's see what the people said, Spencer. Luckily, they came through. 59% of people said music festivals are good. Wow. Okay. All right. yeah, Surprising. Great. And those are people on the internet, so hey, that's crazy. (laughs) Um, All right, Spencer, when people need help navigating life's biggest decisions, they seek our wise counsel, and we deliver an airtight verdict. It's time to settle this. So someone uh, wrote in for some help, Spencer, so let's see if we can fix this problem for him. Hey, guys, I've just been for dinner celebrating my fiance's birthday, a lovely meal at the Black Grape in Edinburgh. Okay, that maybe that's a little too specific for us. Didn't need to know sure. the name of the restaurant, but I will Google the Black Grape in Edinburgh. I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> um, small plates, from what I hear. Food and drinks, everything was excellent, but the table next to us, who were less than a foot away, kept commenting on our dishes as they were coming up. It was particularly awkward when my fiance's order of oysters came out. We could hear them saying, I would never order those, and I've never liked those, and that's something I'll never get a taste for. Obviously, this was off-putting to our experience because, well, go fuck yourself. It's not your order, and it's a standard thing to have at most worldwide restaurants. So settle this. Are they doing something wrong, or am I an asshole for letting other people bother me so much? That's from Yogan D. And um, my present to you is I didn't do a Scottish accent for uh, people saying I would never order those, and I... have never get a taste for those. So that's a nice thing that I did for you. Thank you for that. (laughs) I don't think this guy's wrong at all. I think it's, you know, why am I even, why I whisper when the waiter comes over with something to another table, that I'm like, shit, that looks good. And I'm like, was that the halibut? Like, (laughs) lest Mm -hmm. they hear that I'm curious about one of the 12 things that you could order on the menu that are going to them. Um, But what do you think, Spencer? Should this guy stop letting things bother him so much? Or are these people dicks?
0: I'm a big fan of knowing where you are. So you have to understand that you don't get to dictate the experience a lot of the time. Um, if you have a situation where you can do that, that's cool. That's cool. But I think being in public, and that includes a restaurant most of the time, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you're in New York um, or health, uh, if you're in Edinburgh for sure, um, <laughs> and you're sitting a foot away from somebody, that's part of your meal, mm. okay? Mm. And you have to go, all right, man, I, I don't know what's there. It, it Whatever it is, I kind of have to accept it as part of the meal whether that person likes oysters or not um and i think this is a, a skill that actually the internet helped me with in, in dealing with real life um that doesn't matter at all i love oysters that dude or his lady obviously loves oysters it has nothing to do with you Nah, thing not a thing <laughs> and you should understand too in scotland it's not like people are going to be shy and retiring with their opinions they're just not <laughs> You know, at least th- thankfully it came out in a very amusing accent, right? <laughs> Probably stated more colorfully than you uh, were going to say it in your own verbiage. I, I I, 100% think this person just needs to get over it. Mm. All right. That's easy enough for me to say. I'm not there. I don't have all of this emotional weight <laughs> light loaded onto the moment. But, um, But yeah, I think they need to get over it.
1: You can't be affected by what other people are doing because it has nothing to do with you. Sort of made me think about, in restaurants, communal tables. Are you, like, you Mm -hmm. walk in, it's a communal table. You don't feel any differently about the situation than you would if you had your own two-top?
0: If I'm signing up for that, right? Mm -hmm. I would know ahead of time. Now, if I didn't, and I just show up in his communal table, I'll roll with it. Because, again, didn't control that. You know figured this must be integral to the experience now would i let that meal be ruined by a complete dick across from me or next to me someone who stank someone who (laughs) uh chewed with their mouth open (laughs) yeah yeah i probably would we might have a bad time sometimes Mm -hmm. you're going to have a bad time that's okay
1: yeah Uh, i mean i guess i sympathize with this guy because i get fixated things on restaurants too yeah like um new year's out for dinner sitting at the bar and at the corner of the bars, so there was another couple right here. So we could very clearly see them. And they were ordering a lot of stuff. And then at the very end, a giant tomahawk steak hit the table. And on this plate is like uh, the bone marrow, bone half sliced, you know, to It looked fucking delicious, but it was gigantic. And I was like, there's no way these people are going to be able to eat this steak that they ordered at the end of like 12 dishes. And of course... They weren't eating it, and it was driving me up the fucking wall because I was like, if those people leave that entire tomahawk steak there, I'm going to go nuts. They should at least, like, mm-hmm. we're one foot away from them. They should at least be like, I'm so sorry. We overordered. Do you have any interest in this tomahawk steak? And I would have said, yes, I do have an interest in that tomahawk steak. They didn't eat it, but then the waitress came and said, how was everything? And they said, it was wonderful. Do you think we could pack up this tomahawk steak? Okay. Right. And I was like, yeah. <sighs>
0: <laughs> what I'm hearing, Matt, is that you really wanted a tomahawk steak on New Year's. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. You saw did, that and you were like, mm, mm, that's looking better than I thought it would.
1: <laughs> already had ordered the porcini encrusted pork chop, though. So how, you mm. can't have a pork chop and a, and a tomahawk steak. I can,
0: no, I can help you through this. You pack yours up. I, I guarantee you. Go put oh, that tom- that's interesting. Yeah. But just then
1: have, there's no it's, guarantee it's, they would give you theirs. No, on New Year's. You know, you just pack, order your own. Yeah. Take it home. Right. Oh, order my own tomahawk steak. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: You know, tip them well. Take it home. Heat uh-huh. it back up on low with some butter. Yeah, have a breakfast steak.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Well, maybe one final point. I know I'm not going to convince you, but I would say the mm-hmm. worst time for this to happen is oysters. Because I love oysters too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you and I were down at the Kimball House and someone said anything related to the following words, like phlegm, loogie... You know, <laughs> which people often say about oysters, sure. I, it, I'm sorry, that does turn me off. Even though I've had them tons of times and I love them every time, I have to sort of work to not visualize that texture that they have.
0: I would, I'd say this. Now, they were in Edinburgh, which I'm just guessing is not home turf for them. I'm guessing mm. that, right? Oh,
1: okay. Interesting.
0: Right? They're, they're tourists, which to me, if you're a tourist, even if they're speaking English, you have to watch your ass. You just, you have to mind your P's and Q's, be a good guest, it ain't your it ain't your country, it's not your city, you know, be good, be good. Now, if we were down at Kimball House and somebody was like, eh, that reminds me it's snot, I would just, <laughs> you'd see the ugly redneck and we come out real fast. You're like, who asked you? <laughs> no one asked you. This added no value.
2: Mm.
0: You've made everybody's day worse, including your own, now that I'm having a confrontation with you, congratulations.
1: Okay, fuck, I wanna go have dinner with you then, Spencer, because yeah. I would just be like, Man, I wish that guy didn't say that.
0: Yeah. Be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you, have nothing, you have nothing to lose. You know, that's the guy who gets thrown out, not me. And if that's... he's waiting, I just ate 36 oysters. So if he punches me, he's going to get a <laughs> vicious surprise.
1: That's right. And especially at a place like Kimball House where they, where they love the oyster. Right. They would be offended that someone was comparing the Malpex to snot. That's mm-hmm. right.
0: Who, who cares? Yeah. Your opinion doesn't matter. Please don't involve it at my dinner. Yeah. So if I'm closer to home, I might have an entirely different attitude.
1: Okay. Good to know. Uh, All right. Next segment. Not everyone is going to agree with everything you say, but sometimes you have to stand alone on the edge of popular consensus. It's time for Unpopular Opinions. So in this segment, I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion that I read on the internet, and you tell me Mm -hmm. if you agree with it or not. I tried. I tried to find some about college football, but I didn't understand them. I don't. You know, it's kind of arcane. Yeah. Yeah. Like one said, the transfer portal is ruining college football, and Mm -hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't know if that would be true or not. So. Yeah.
0: It's not. It's not. It's it's, not. Okay. Good. Yeah.
1: And I didn't know if the transporter was like um, like a Stargate or something. It
0: is. Imagine if Stargate only sort of burped out jocks. <laughs> That's it. If it just... You know, if you were like, ooh, Stargate, send me what you will. And it just coughed up like a 300-pound man who could run a 4.640. That's... It's actually, I just made it sound way more beautiful than it is. Yeah, really cool.
1: That's fucking cool as hell. When Kurt yeah. Russell walked through that thing, I didn't know that a Exactly, like Aaron Donald. Would.
0: Aaron Donald may walk through this
1: portal. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the first unpopular opinion telling someone to, quote, just Google it. Is passive-aggressive and causing people to be antisocial. So a little bit of an explanation here. Look, I get we have a computer in our pocket, but when someone asks a question, maybe saying I don't know is enough. Yet people slingshot that line at someone in the same tone as telling someone to shut up. So we should all just not talk to anyone anymore? We should just be face-deep in our phones and never talk to anyone ever? Isn't that just going to exacerbate the issues we have about being antisocial? So What do you think about this? I mean, I kind of disagree. I don't think people say Google it when you ask them a question. I think people say Google it when you're inconveniencing them because you could have just as easily put in the effort to understand something. But
0: what do you Yeah, I, I think I think if I don't know something, and somebody's asking me, I'm not going to dismiss generally, generally speaking, I'm not going to dismiss the effort. I'm just gonna say I don't know, I'd have to look that up. You know, I don't know. It's a real great like, If somebody stops you for directions on the street, which, um, believe it or not, still happens to me in Atlanta. I don't know why, like, this is the face that you go, hey, that guy knows what he's doing. Um, But sometimes I'll go, hey, you know, do you know where this is? And I'll be like, listen, I'm real sorry. I cannot help you. I do not know where that is. And every time I've said I don't know, people are either like, well, of course you wouldn't. Or they're like, okay, thanks. I really appreciate that, you know. Um, But saying you have to look that up, there's kind of a Google built in there isn't there? When you say, oh man, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person who's generally curious if I don't know. So I will look it up on my phone. Like,
1: well, some- that's true. That's a nicer way to say it. I'd have to look that up. is nicer than why don't you Google it? Because you're yeah. saying like, you're do- you're saying it for the other person, basically, in a polite yeah. way. But what if someone was like, uh, I don't know what a good example would be. Um, you know, I don't know. Someone you worked with was like, how how do I get this thing to print or how do I upload this to the platform or something?
0: You know, I'll tell, I'll tell them, I'm not the kind of person who feels like I need to remind you that you're incompetent. You know, (laughs) like I'm, I generally want the thing done. So I would like to get from point A to B as quickly as possible. And if that point A to B in the short term is me doing that, then I'll just go ahead and tell you how to do it. Um, if it keeps happening, and we're on the fifth or sixth <laughs> runaround of this particular thing. I will go, home. we have a problem. You need to learn to do this.
1: Um, well, J.D., what do you do with your kids? Because to me, sometimes when someone asks you a question, is the equivalent of me and you sitting on a couch, and then you saying, could you get me a soda from the fridge? I'm like, well, I'm like, we're in the same position here. You right. could just as easily do it. It's not like I'm standing by the fridge here. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with this, especially with your kids?
2: Uh, with my kids, it's not really a problem because they are constantly on their phones. So mm. they <laughs> usually point. way, way ahead of me. It's Rachel, my wife, that's, you know, what's what do you think it's going to be like tomorrow? That kind of thing. <laughs> it's like uh, I have the same access to that information that you have. We all have the Internet in our pockets, baby. Just take it out and have a look. But uh, but I also like being the arbiter of, of information as well. Yeah. You know? I like to be the know-it-all. So, you know, I'll secretly Google stuff and go, you know, it's going to be a high of 10 degrees tomorrow, baby. You're going to really enjoy that pickleball game tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah. I'll also do the reverse, which is you'll tell me a fact, Mr. Mm-hmm. Nodal, and then I will like go, what, what that? <laughs> like, when, oh yeah, mm-hmm. my girlfriend came home the other day and was like, oh, yeah, my friend told me that. Apparently dogs don't know their own size and they don't know how to judge the size of other dogs. And I was like What and she's like, yeah, yeah, they can't they have no self-awareness of their own size And I'm like, how do they walk through a door? How do they go into anything mm-hmm. and, and she goes? I don't know whiskers and I'm like, oh, well now I'm convinced again But then I was like, yeah, a quick Google was like no, that's a hundred percent not true. Right. Wow. Yeah. Not true Because like, then how would they judge the size of a tree or a human or fucking any? It's just dogs? (laughs) Anyways. Um, Anyway, I think also the way a lot of parents deal with it is they buy an Alexa and then their kids annoy everyone by just asking Alexa the question, Mm. which I don't know if if you've done that, Spencer, but I feel like that's that's a hard no for me. I will
0: never have one of those in my house.
1: Okay. Perfect. Uh, Next unpopular opinion. Humming in public is rude and discourteous. Uh, so this person says, I work in a hospital and have a co-worker whose job it is to watch basically babysit certain patients in the emergency room. She constantly hums while she's sitting there. Always different random melodies. It's not super loud, but loud enough that everyone in a 10-foot radius can hear her, and I sit about five feet from her. It's constant. She only stops when she takes a breath. It definitely is a pet peeve of mine and drives me absolutely bonkers, but I don't have it in me to ask her to stop and probably never will. Am I alone here? Hey, I know how to solve your problem. Get Spencer to come to your hospital uh, <laughs> and he will tell them to stop. You know, we, we did a question actually, and I'm reminded about someone who was whistling in an office and someone was asking us for advice on what to do about that. Do you have a sense, which is worse? A coworker next to you is always humming or one that's always whistling.
0: Oh, whistling would be much worse.
2: Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Whistling Frequency wise. Frequency wise. It's much worse. Yeah. Okay. Um, also that person humming probably cannot help it. And that's I think if especially if they're an adult, then that is not a conscious process. that is not something they're doing just to buy the time that's that's probably in the hardwiring. so you're going to either have to adapt or leave because that person is not changing you know, buy some earplugs. I don't know what but um, that person, if they're constantly humming, you know it may be a stimming response. it just may be something that they have to do to sort of either calm the noise in their head or get it moving so that person you know that's another example of i don't really have a great answer other than um life's full of weird shit that you kind of have to put up with and most of those things are presented in the form of people and (laughs) um this person is just going to irritate you so um, you're going to have to rise above that. A lot of my answers come down to that. Can you tell what kind of parents I had? And you're like, oh, that's irritating. You should probably get used to it. Right, you
1: know, right. Can well, you fix it? Can you fix it? Lesson. No?
0: Okay, get tougher.
1: Yeah. Also, what is she humming? Like, is she humming the intro to America by Simon and Garfunkel? Because if so, mm-hmm. that's beautiful, I think. <laughs> I mean,
0: I imagine on the 300th time around, it probably begins to grate a bit. Hmm. The magic of the tune probably disappears. <laughs>
1: Or do, they do the, mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. someone wakes up from a coma, they're like, let us be lovers. You know, that would be beautiful yeah. scene in the hospital. <laughs> that would or, be great. Yeah. yeah. Or um, Brahms lullaby or something to, to calm these emergency room patients. She yeah, could be but doing it's none of that. A great it's, service.
2: It, it's like baby shark or something over yeah. and over and over again. That's what there's. they're humming. Or just right?
0: humming like Jesus walks that's, that's <laughs> yeah. like over and over again, just the intro to that. <laughs>
1: Well, mm-hmm. I, I chew my tongue compulsively. Yeah,
0: and you can't and, really help it, right? Like that's just right. Happening.
1: But if someone points it out, then I can stop.
0: Okay, so you can stop.
1: Well, I mean, if if it's not like if it's unconscious, like if someone says stop, the day later I won't have still stopped. I'll start I see, again.
0: I am guessing this coworker could not. I'm guessing there might be, there might be a conscious hold for a minute or two. And they'll just start doing it again. (laughs) Do you you have a tick that you do? Um, I chew on shit. I like pens. Oh, look at this pen, Pen... Spencer. Yeah. Are you a pen guy? Yeah. Big time pen guy. That's a good one because that end will survive for a while until you have to unscrew it. Right? So that's a good one. Also, it's a little chewy and tactile. It's not one of the brittle ones. The brittle ones are the worst. Brittle or metal.
1: My parents, my dad used to give me metal pens. And I would yeah. chew on those and then the paint would start to come off.
0: Yeah. Like I, I'm a big time chewer on pretty much anything. Like one day I looked up and I was working on something and uh, somewhat unconsciously, I'd taken one of my kid's Legos and I was just sitting there gnawing on it. And I was like, what am I doing? Oh God. <laughs> like, you know, it was one of those like two by four bricks, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 It was one of the, yeah, it was good. It was good too. And I was like, <laughs> I feel a
1: little bad, but I'm gonna have to put this down. Most parents are angry their kids leave out Legos because they might step on them. You're thrilled because that's, hey, that's something to chew on.
0: <laughs> Your toy. Uh, all
1: right, Spencer, I know you have to go, so there's only one quick thing left to do, and that's play subjective trivia. Subjective trivia is just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. I have my answer written right here. I'm going to give you some multiple choices. Ideally, our answers match. Um, The question today is, which of these college football rallying cries is the most fun to say? Hmm. So, as I told you, I I know nothing about college football. Canadian, don't understand it. But living in Atlanta for a while, you hear all these little phrases. Uh, I think these are all SEC schools, but feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, All right. Here are your options. Go Dogs, Hotty toddy. Hookem horns war eagle roll tide
0: it is a close run there between hottie toddy and roll tide and um i'm gonna tell you i'm, I'm partial to roll tide they may not be your answer but i'm partial to roll tide
1: you're partial to roll Tide. did you go, did you go to any of these schools
0: i went to uh go gators i went to the university of florida so i will be i, I will say that hottie toddy is my favorite overall because you have to include the whole thing which is are you ready hell yes hotty toddy hotty toddy gosh almighty who the hell are we flim flam bim bam old bis by damn right you have to say it my to. other favorite one is there's an LSU one there's an LSU one which is hot boudin and cold couscous come on tigers push 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 that's, that's one of my favorite ones but you have to say it like you know in the patois or it doesn't it rhyme little, yeah or just yeah it doesn't it doesn't even come close to rhyming but uh, Roll Tide's handy Roll Tide is just like you, you can say it to anything. It can mm-hmm. just be like a salutation. It could be bidding farewell. It can be a uh, an exclamation of gratitude. It could be all those things. So I'm going to go Roll Tide.
2: Okay, J.D., you agree? Roll Tide. 100%.
1: Roll Tide. Okay, I, it came down to two for me, and Roll Tide was the runner-up. My answer is hook em horns. See, I don't, I don't know what that means in actual college football. Like if people think that one sucks or whatever, but just in terms of an evocative hook him horns, I can understand it. I don't know what hottie toddy is. Go dogs is just too basic. It's like, Babe, go
0: that's, that's the correct word for Georgia. It's
1: just, basic. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's like saying go Hawks or something. Go Falcons. Right. Yeah. Uh, War Eagle. Too scary. And, is and roll scary. tide it's is, a
0: little scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> roll tide is, is also fun, but uh, I don't know what's up with woo pig suey just before you go is that what does that mean you're calling a hog that's all it is it's like
0: um the closer you get to middle of the country you get all of these places that um used to be like the whole middle of the country had just like agricultural mascots right oh Um, okay right so or references to like terrible weather like iowa states the cyclones but you know large animals used to be the middle of the country so uh longhorns and then you know uh sooners was a reference to um stealing land don't, don't look too far into that history. (laughs) Uh, you know, Arkansas, they're the Razorbacks. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know, Nebraska, they're the Cornhuskers, which is very agricultural. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like large animal adjacent. Um, so that's calling hogs and you do like a wee pig Yeah. You have to raise your hands when you do it.
1: (laughs) So much to know so much to learn, JD. I know. Uh, one day we'll get there. Spencer, where can people find you? Find me at the Channel 6 newsletter, um, which you can Google by finding, you can just
0: Google Channel 6 newsletter. You'll find us. You can also find it my Twitter bio at EDSBS. You can listen to the Shutdown Fullcast, um, if you dare, for college football and beyond. We're in the off season, so there's no telling what we're going to be talking about. Um, You can also find me on the Big Dumb Football program. Those are a series of videos that we make for ESPN's college football YouTube channel. And I think that's it for the moment.
1: Okay, so people would actually have to actively try to not find you, really.
0: That's correct. I will um, find you.
1: All right. And you, don't, and you don't want that. He will confront you, folks. I will. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. All right, we're back. Spencer had to leave early to pick up his kids from school like a good dad. Uh, but JD and I are here, and we hung up with Spencer, and JD said, you know, we are talking about music festivals. I got a couple music things. So I said, hey, why don't you bring him up now? And then when we add that to the previous part that we've recorded, it will come out to a one normal episode. Because, you know, J.D., if you're looking through your your podcast feeds, you you download the things, you see one that's like 44 minutes, that would have been maybe?
2: That's right, yeah.
1: In your head, you're like, not even worth listening to.
2: Yeah, what what went wrong there? Yeah, exactly. Did he walk off set? (laughs) That would have been so dramatic if Spencer Hall just... Threw his headphones down and left in the middle of it, but that's well, not what happened. He just had to pick up his kids, as you said. Um, yeah, but
1: I will say, of any guests we've had, not of any guests, but I would put him in the, maybe in the top five percentile of people that would walk off. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I, I think as as we discovered during the show, he's not afraid to tell you, you know, what he thinks, <laughs> and
2: friend. he's got he's a very principled man, mm-hmm. a very smart man too, very, very smart, very, very smart. smart. What can't he talk about? I know this guy. Uh, we knew that going in,
1: though. Oh, God. He's he's a true legend. I didn't gush too much, but I, I remember when we were at The Score, so this yeah. is like 2010, people talking about him. Like, anytime a blogger would come up, he would be like, oh, well, Spencer Hall. Spencer yeah. Hall. I remember people at The Score, like our higher-ups being like, do you think we could get Spencer Hall?
2: Do you think we could get him <laughs> yeah, over I here? I remember that, yeah. And
1: being like, <laughs> I don't know, probably not. He's like <laughs> the most famous blogger we have uh and and it's crazy because he lives in atlanta we uh, i mean you're still there i lived there for many years never saw him yeah i've never met him in real life obviously he's got a very distinctive look
2: yes you know well then wow. again
1: standing next to you he has the exact same look <laughs>
2: he's, he's actually very atlanta <laughs> there's a lot of us a lot of people well trey kirby too he is a yeah. trey
1: kirby-esque look <laughs> uh Anyways, it was great to finally uh, meet and talk to him. But uh, what were your what were your music thoughts
2: rolling around in your head? OK, well, I it's two articles that I found. Both are troll jobs. So the first one is f- about uh, I don't have you ever it's a website called Far Out. Have you ever heard of, heard of this? Maybe? It's literally, it's literally just an aggregation of negative, okay. negative stories, like to clickbait basically. Okay. So this is the, the headline here is the worst song in history, according to Steve Albini. Steve uh, Albini, yeah. the, uh, the music uh, producer or engineer or producer? Uh, both,
1: I think. Both, yeah. And, and I th- and he owns his own studio, but also I'm, already deep sign because he is a noted curmudgeon
2: like maybe the (laughs)
1: number one curmudgeon
2: he literally lists like 25 songs before he gets to his worst song okay care to guess (laughs) what it might be i'll give you a couple of hints
1: uh drops no uh drops of jupiter no
2: no 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 it has to do with technology
1: the song has to do with technology. The, the,
2: the, his main complaint about the song has to do with technology. Oh, is it Specif- uh,
1: Dire Straits, Money for Nothing?
2: No. What's the technology in that song?
1: Microwave ovens, color TVs, no, 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 MTV. No, not the lyrics.
2: <laughs> I mean the actual, in the, in the production of the song.
1: Oh, so it's got some weird sounding synth or something.
2: Auto-tune specifically.
1: Okay, an auto-tune song. I don't know, something by T-Pain? I don't know. I mean... Oh, uh share? Believe Yes. Come believe. on. Yeah, you got it. Wow Oh yeah, baby. Yo, this is a Hell fun... yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you thought subjective trivia was good. How about we hit How you some objective s- trivia?
2: Straight up trivia. Yeah.
1: Subjectively objective
2: trivia. <laughs> yeah, big pro he had a big problem with the pitch modulated vocals. <laughs> okay. You know, that you know, that people have been relying on for years and then, you know, I guess whoever was producing the album could have been Cher herself. Just like You know, you know that, uh, just crank it, crank it all the way, turn Mm -hmm. it all the way up. That's part of the hook. And honestly, I don't hate that song. And it actually does sound cool. It sounds cool on that song. And hundred percent. Yeah. And it also
1: kind of started, I wouldn't say it started it, but it was, it, it was one of those weird examples where something will actually start in pop music and then go into more indie stuff. Yeah. Um, like another example is I've heard people say the, that sort of skipping guitar that Madonna has in don't tell me the song where she's dressed as a cowboy walking down the treadmill in the video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of like stuttering chopped up and broken guitar is another example of that. But there's certainly ways to use auto tune well as, as sure. an instrument. And I would think that Cher fucking nailed it. That song's a, a banger and also like a huge hit. Yeah. Probably her
2: last big hit. Right. Um, I think you're right. I, and uh, And after her career had been dead, basically, right? I mean, not dead, but you know, Cher was a legend, you know. But it reinvigorated it, I Mm -hmm. guess you could could say. Um, So, anyways, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um,
1: Can you? Do you have the list in front of
2: you? I mean, it's more of a an article of just like meandering. It's again, it's one of these websites where it's like. We're gonna to get to the point of the headline at the right, very right, right, final. Right. Um, right. <laughs> he 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 talks about how you know um, how Peter Gabriel and David Byrne got into African beats and stuff, and uh, Paul Simon, of course, and then how that sort of weaved its way into music, and uh, and then of course you two got into it, and... Uh, and he's saying he hates all these things? Yeah, yeah, he basically hates it, yeah. Or at least he's talking about it in his book. Um, anyway, okay. he's trying to sell books.
1: Yeah, well, that's the other thing, is he, he will start an argument, like, shit, what was it recently? People were arguing about merch cuts at venues.
2: Merch cuts?
1: Yeah, so, like, which I didn't honestly really realize. Like, a band, an indie band, will go tour, like, a 300-person cap room, 500-person cap room, and they'll sell, you know, their... CDs, records, stickers, buttons, t shirts, Mm -hmm. hoodies. And that's really what gives them the gas money to go to the next stop. Yeah. And venues take a cut of that. I did not really know that.
2: Oh, we're getting, we're getting so gouged on our, our, uh, our all star show. It's insane.
1: Oh, you're selling merch there.
2: No, they're just, they're just, uh, I guess the bars in Indy have realized that they can make money uh, during All-Star weekends, so they're just like, oh, you know what? It's a flat rate use, so you're just going to rent the place, which we've never had to deal with before. It's always been like, yeah, you guys have the bar. We'll take the door. Right, right, Handshake right, right, right. deal kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Hey, man, bars want to make money. That's fine. Well, that's at least more
1: understandable, <laughs> because that is the point of the place is to p- play there, so, right. you know, whatever.
2: You that could argue said, that a merch table is taking up real estate that uh, customers on. could be... I'm just saying. What? What could you be doing there instead? You're going to put a cotton candy machine? A lot of times I've seen merch tables at actual tables of the bar. You know what I mean? Like it's in... Oh, the, okay. But it's like, taking up real estate I'm, where... I'm talking
1: about a venue that is a music
2: yeah. hall. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I I agree. It's bullshit. Yeah. Um all right what was the other one so the other one is another troll job to sell a book Um, do you know Jeff Tweedy do
1: do I know Jeff Tweedy (laughs) hey did you see a a true detective uh, night country yeah I did okay I'm not gonna give any spoilers but the moment where they were she's looking through some uh, evidence I guess you could say and she pulls up a Wilco (laughs) t-shirt
2: yeah do you remember that (laughs)
1: I don't know yeah. why. I'm like, too, like if she would pulled up a Ramones t-shirt or something, it wouldn't have jarred me. But the Wilco, mm. like I'm like, that's a band I know. Like Yeah. I've been listening to that band since 1996. Right. It's, I don't hipster know why doofus.
2: It, that's what it was telling us. This now, guy's They're not stuff. hipster.
1: Any, sorry, they're not hipster. They're not hipster. The last time they were hipster was a maybe um, a Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which I think is like, I don't fucking know, 2001 or something or two.
2: Right, so they haven't been hip for a while. They're dad rock now. You should know. No, fine. they're beyond dad. They're they're after my time. I never listened to Wilco. Never. Okay. Well, anyways, here's the quote. <laughs> All I, think I know this is like second or third book, by the way. <laughs> okay, this, <laughs> this is this is the headline. Jeff Tweedy shares why he thinks Dolly Parton shouldn't have written "I Will Always Love You." And then the quote is- Okay, what a weird thought experiment. All I know is that she wrote Jolene and I mm-hmm. will always love you in the same day. Mm-hmm. And I think she should have stopped after Jolene. That's, <laughs> that's the quote. <laughs> Come on. Is it, that's written in the book? I guess so. But I think it's tongue in cheek because he basically says, I can't, he says that he can't hold that note, the, the I, and uh-huh. I will always love you mm-hmm. that long. I mean, who can other than Whitney and maybe Dolly, you know? Right.
1: So she shouldn't. I wonder if if she's going to read that going, yeah, my biggest song ever that I made fucking millions off of when Whitney Houston re-recorded for the Bodyguard soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Should have skipped that one. With old Porter <laughs> Wagner, um, I'm, I'm sure he was joking. Jeff's a cool guy. I think yeah, this I book think... is about specifically. He goes through like songs from his life and, yeah. and talks about them because he he wrote another book about how to write a song, mm-hmm. and then he wrote another book that was more of a, a autobiography. So okay. I guess this is his third book.
2: Yeah, he, he's. I know he's trolling because he's also said disparaging things uh, of somewhere over the rainbow. Okay. But. yeah I mean honestly not my fave a fucking banger come on now like say what you will but it's a fucking great great of song. course it's an all-time classic
1: but I I don't it's still too maudlin and every time I hear it, it it some
2: songs are maudlin
1: I understand that but I just don't I never want it what's what mood are you in when you ever want to hear that song except for watching the Wizard of Oz <laughs>
2: I don't know. I've never not liked it when it's been on. If, I, if somebody covers it on American Idol, or if I hear like a a ukulele version somewhere, I'm like, God damn, this is a good song.
1: Oh, you know, sorry, just reminded me. I think we we're talking on the Great Beyond at one point about how all these new movies that are also musicals are trying to pretend that they're not musicals because people hate musicals. But then why'd you make the movie in the first place? <laughs> yeah, you know, like the Color Purple and the Wonka mm-hmm. movie. So there's this new Mean Girls movie out. Okay, yeah, yeah, and it's like still Tina Fey; she's still in it, but it is the musical that she made for Broadway. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Right, right, right. I was kind of like, oh, it's Mean Girls for a new generation, so it's gonna be a little more Gen Z, and right, the kids are gonna be saying Riz, <laughs> you know, classic stuff that's worth remaking. Uh, but no, it's just they've taken the musical, which they've already made a mint on, and then they're like, well, how else can we, uh, you know? exploit this product well let's sure. make it back into a movie yeah. and so there's this uh clip that went viral on the internet which i think expresses exactly how i feel about this so it's someone filming in the theater they're filming the screen right and there's two characters talking to each other and then like at a certain point it's kind of close on a, on one of the teenage the teenage main character's face and then all the lights go out and it's just spotlight on her and like people in the audience are like Whoa? and then she goes i I, I, and then starts singing. You know, I don't know if that's the fucking song, but you get my point. And as soon as she starts singing, like audibly in the theater, people go, oh, what?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? So it's the first song in the the movie. You would have to assume. Wow. People are furious. The only time I was ever delighted that something was a musical without realizing it was when I went to see the South Park movie.
1: Oh, the, the puppets or the... The, uh, blame the, Canada.
2: the actual Blame Canada movie. Oh. Because they, that was not marketed as a musical at all.
1: Oh, that's a good... I don't remember. I was... I was.
2: How old would I have been? I don't know, maybe uh, 16 would, or 17? It would have been 90... I want to say 96, 97. Yeah,
1: because the only problem I had with that was I saw it at summer camp. Like, they took us to see it at summer camp. Okay. And um, everyone just said Blame Canada to me. Oh, right. For right. fucking the next six weeks. Right. As as if they already weren't going a boot eh? <laughs> yeah
2: so yeah
1: Matt and Trey I'm I am <laughs> ups- it's probably the worst thing they've ever done wow wow yeah anyway. uh, no but I did I did enjoy it but it's also it's funny in when it's a musical a comedy musical because the songs are what makes it funny or at least are funny in a, like what would Brian Boytano do what a funny right. concept for a song I'm laughing already right but. You don't want to step away from the humor and, you know, pathos of mean girls to hear someone <laughs> sing a song about, I don't know, what is that? Being from Africa and coming back to school mm, and everything right. is weird.
2: <laughs> right, right.
1: Uh, you don't you don't want that. As, as I, th- I think I told you a long time ago, I, uh, during the pandemic when you were just struggling for any content, there was a Cyrano de Bergerac movie that came out. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I like swords, and then in the first like eight minutes, someone starts singing. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And I had to shut it off because I just—I knew I couldn't. Right. I couldn't sit through. And then you're just waiting, like when a person says something, your you know hackles go up, and you're like, "That sounds like the start of a song." That sounds like if they repeat that thing three times, it's music is going to start to swell. Right. Yeah. And then you're just in your head, and you're not—you uh, know—you're not enjoying it anymore so do
2: you there are no musicals that you enjoyed
1: no no no. there are but i think it has to be more integrated like i don't see why i would want to see tommy boy the musical
2: right well but that's i would now that you said that i'm in <laughs> right away
1: and farley was such a good uh like dancer too yeah it would have yeah, yeah. been great at it but yeah. then
2: again mean girls is a comedy right so in theory these songs should be funny they should be funny and it was probably it was a hit on broadway so yeah but
1: that's so many fucking things are a hit on broadway our coldplay well, jukebox I'll... musical was a hit on broadway <laughs> i know i can't it's not even out much. yet people are clamoring for tickets <laughs> yeah uh all right well i'm glad that, that talk of coachella spurred that in you so that we could get to a solid and this is at least i would say 58 <laughs> minutes now I think you see 50 cat. minutes, you say, that's tight, that's good. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Uh, and, hey, we're we're here for no, for no reason other than to serve at your pleasure, you the listener. <laughs> so yes. we hope you got your money's worth with this one. <laughs> and speaking of money's worth, if you want to support the show, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash isthisgood. And if you have topics, email us at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. I do go and read those. Some of them are very, very nice. Yeah. I'd say I'd read some of them on the show, but I don't know, then it just sounds like bragging. So maybe if you make them funny, I can read them on the show. But don't no, just but make I, them the, nice. The
2: nice ones are good. I need it. I need it. Yeah.
1: Subscribe on YouTube. Also, these these shows—they're video. They're so well produced. They're great. What, what would you say to someone that has never checked the show out on YouTube?
2: uh pff, you have no idea what you're missing in terms of our looks uh, you know like we're very handsome dudes
1: mm. okay let me
2: translate that from jd <laughs> you
1: fucking idiot <laughs> you fucking moron you're getting half of the experience <laughs> audio is half the experience go to youtube okay it's easy to find is this good question mark type it in it might even be youtube.com slash this good i think it is or maybe is this good pod
2: is this good pod
1: it doesn't it's not important. It's not important. you know how to search for things. Hey. It's, it's
2: linked below. It's linked in the in the show notes, is it not? Hey, Google it!
1: <laughs> Google it! <laughs> thanks for listening. thanks to JD. Thanks to Spencer for coming on. Thanks in advance for leaving a five star review for everyone. I'm Matt Austin and this was good. We'll see you next week.